Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Gifts on my altar. I place these gifts on my altar this Christmas. Gifts that are mine as the years are mine. The quiet hopes that flood the earnest cargo of my dreams. The best of all good things for those I love. A fresh new trust for all those whose faith is dim. The love of life, God's precious gift in reach for all. Seeing in each day the seeds of the morrow Finding each struggle the strength of renewal. Seeking in each person the face of my brother and my sister. I place these gifts on my altar this Christmas. Gifts that are mine as the years are mine. Thank you, Marilyn. I asked Marilyn to read that short meditation of Howard Thurman's. You know, it seems that in today's world, Christmas is about gifts. And uh, uh, anyone who's, well, anyone who's had a clue over the last few months realized Christmas started wet before Thanksgiving was over, right? I was noticing at Fred Meyer, the decorations were up and they were getting, it was like, did we not even have Thanksgiving? It was like right, in fact, I think it was right after Halloween we started, am I right? Yeah. And, and so for a lot of folks, it seems these days, uh, Christmas is about gifts. And I don't know that that's a bad thing, but I wonder if our emphasis on the giving and the, the presence, if you will, sometimes is a little off base. I want to start tonight by talking about something that happened to me, gosh, I hate to admit it, close to 40 years ago, which seems impossible because I'm surely hardly older than that. But, uh, uh, but when I graduated from high school, my parents thought it would be a great idea if I worked for the summer in order to get some money to help me starting out in college that year, my first year in college. And, uh, and of course, I'd had summer jobs, but to be honest, they were so part-time that I hardly made anything at all. So we were looking in the newspaper, and Crater Lake was looking for summer interns. And you were there for the whole summer. You made some decent wages. You learned how to be a busboy and a waiter and how to clean rooms. And, and at that time, it was like good money for something that someone who was 18-year-old could do. And so um, they packed me up. And, uh, and we were driving down to, to Crater Lake, down the I-5. And I got to tell you, I had this weird sinking feeling. Have you ever had a feeling that you're on your way to something, an appointment or whatever, and the closer you get to it, kind of the ickier that you're feeling, as though a premonition of something kind of awful is going to happen? Well, of course, what was it? I was homesick already. I was 18 years old. This is the first time really to be away from my parents. And so the closer I got to Crater Lake, the smaller 
and the lonelier and honestly a little bit frightened I became. Like, what was this going to be like? Leaving behind my family, leaving behind my friends, leaving really behind everything that I knew for an entire summer. I think up until that time, I had been away from my parents maybe two weeks at the most on like a, a summer camp or something like that. So they dropped me off, dumped off my luggage and left. And I'm like, thanks. (laughs) I go in for my orientation though. And working there is this, well, I don't know. She probably isn't still. She'd be like 150. But at that time was the smartest woman on the planet. And do you know what she had for us? It wasn't so much an orientation on what we were going to do. It was an orientation on each other. And it was headed up with Christmas in July. The very first thing she did was, there there was about 35 of us teenagers from around Oregon there. The very first thing she did, she assigned us secret Santas. And her orders were, these are strangers you don't know, by by, um, July uh, 24th, these need to be your good friends because you're going to be making Christmas presents for us. And sure enough, as July turned around, we started decorating. We were going to have Christmas in July. And initially, it seemed like the weirdest thing. But you know what? It was the most beautiful thing. We really did get to know each other. And part of it was because, right, we were going to be singing Christmas carols. They had booked us into the lodge. We were like an opening night. That, Of course, back then, the lodge maybe wasn't quite as fabulous <laughs> as it is today. But still, they booked us in singing Christmas carols. And so we had to, to learn four-part harmonies. And, and this woman was amazing because, can you think of what it would a nightmare it would be to have 30 or 40 teenagers that weren't organized in some way and liking each other and enjoying the experience. Do you know what I mean? That would be like the recipe for the worst. That would be the nightmare before Christmas, not a nice experience. And so because of this, because on purpose, she intentionally said, okay, y'all are going to be friends. Y'all are going to bring the same intensity and joy and interest that you would as though you were spending Christmas back at home with your family. We're doing it here in July. Get over it. (laughs) And I got to tell you, we had so much fun. For my secret Santa, I managed to... Are any of you sort of knowledgeable about trees? One of the things that will happen in in a fairly dry forest is knot holes will actually pop out of a tree. Through the expansion and the way the resin works. And so I found this knot hole that popped out and I carved a Christmas scene in it. And that was for my secret Santa. Uh, one person wrote a Christmas song for their secret Santa. Someone else had, uh, had made all kinds of interesting things. And when we unwrapped presents, uh, the, the night of July 24th for our Christmas, we had fake snow on a tree in the whole nine yards. And, and I gotta tell you, It felt like I was at home. It felt the same kinds of feelings that I had grown accustomed to living all those years with my family. So this kind of odd Christmas in July, I learned a couple really important things. First of all, back to the idea of presents again, I learned that it wasn't so much what you gave or or what you figured out. It was that you were really giving it from your heart. It was the fact that you cared enough to actually get to know someone 
and, and get an idea of who they were so that you were addressing something that was important to them, even if it was a, a, a crazy little drawing of a Christmas scene on a knot hole, even if it was a, you know, something homemade and hokey, if it touched that person in a way, it was probably the best gift of ever. Because really, what are we giving at Christmas? We're just giving the love that we have to offer. We're just giving a piece of ourselves, something unique and gentle and beautiful that comes from our heart. And sometimes, sure, sometimes it takes the form of a diamond ring. I mean, don't, you know, don't, don't ignore a really nice present, right? But so very, very often, it's a free thing. Reminds me of a joke. Best gift ever. Three sons left home, went out on their own, and prospered. Getting together before Christmas, they discussed the gifts that they were sending their elderly mother. The first said, I built a new house for mother this year. The second said, for Christmas, I'm giving her a Mercedes. The third smiled and said, you know, I think I have you both beat this Christmas. Remember how mom enjoyed reading the Bible to us? Well, I sent her a remarkable parrot that recites the entire Bible. Now, it took the church elders 12 years to teach this parrot. He's one of a kind. Mom just has to name the chapter and the verse, and the parrot will recite it. Well, soon after, they received letters of thank you from their mom. Dear Milton, she wrote, the first son, the house you built for me at Christmas is so lovely, but, you know, I'm having a bit of trouble keeping it clean. It's so large. Dear Gerald, she wrote to the second son, I gave up my driver's license last year. The Mercedes is lovely, but... mm." Dearest Donald, she wrote her third son, You have the good sense to know what your mother would like best. The bird was delicious. (laughs) So do you know what what teenagers today want for Christmas? They've already done the poll for for what all the teenagers were asking for Christmas this year. Can you guess? Money, money, money. Oh, all right. The people who said money, that was first on the list. What was number two? Uh, An iPhone, all right. So you guess what was number two? What was number three? Xbox Xbox 360 was number four. What was number three? I'm with their parents. Uh Aha. Quality time with their parents. Now, where did that come from? Are these the teenagers that we know, some of which are right in this room? <laughs> is it possible? Is it possible that what people want from us is us? I think that we have perhaps done ourselves a disservice in our frenzy of picking out the perfect present when we're standing right there, when we are it, in a way. And that was the other thing that I learned about Christmas in July was that it wasn't something that you do just once a year. You literally can have those feelings of love and family and friendship and joy and gift giving and participation and even singing crazy songs together. You don't have to call it Christmas, right? 
we have the power to bring about those feelings in our life, those connections with people, the ability to, to be love and connect with each other. That is available to us all the time, every day of the year. And if, as I learned in, in part number one, that a big piece of that is that I'm the gift, is there a day that I don't, I, I can avoid giving something? See, I don't think so. I think we're always giving. I think the fact that we just show up somewhere, well, here's the gift. Now, I would ask you some days how nice of a gift it is. Every now and then I've been accused of, of not being the nicest gift on the planet. And, and I have to admit, when I look back on my life, there have been some times when maybe that's one present that I should have left wrapped, if you know what I mean. But if you think of yourself as the gift that is always being given, what is it that you want to give to the planet? What is it that when you enter a room, you would want people to say, oh my God, here she is. It's, is it love? Is it joy? Is it, is it family connection? Now see, the answer may actually be different for different people in terms of what we want and the, the gifts that we have to give to the universe, but, but I wanna suggest today that each one of us does have a gift to give. And that we're given it. We're given it right now, whether we're aware of it or not. And I would like us to think about putting some intentionality into it. I would like us, much in the same way that some of us have been hunting down the perfect Christmas present for people, right? Haven't some of us been doing that? Getting, you know, our Amazon.com accounts have been pretty busy the last month. We've been doing our shopping and stuff, trying to find that perfect, putting a lot of attention into some of the gifts we've been getting, the people that we love. Do we have that much intentionality around how we show up to them? The teenagers who said that, um, well, number three on the list anyway, <laughs> that what they wanted was quality time with mom and dad, do you know that came with some caveats around it? First of all, they said it needed to be one-on-one. -on -one. It wasn't just hanging around the dinner table, right? I, I mean, that may be quality time, but they wanted that parent to be right there with them, to really understand what was going on in their head, to share some intimacy about what was important to them and what was going on, whether it be with school or boyfriends or girlfriends. They wanted some one-on-one -on -one time without the rest of the family to really speak about what was important to each other. I think that is a gift. That ability to really listen deeply to someone who matters to you. The ability to, to just put aside the crazy busyness of, the, of life itself for a moment and just say, you are important. I love you. What's going on? Well, we're going to be doing a, a candle lighting in a little bit. And part of that will be the idea that each one of us might, with some intention, begin this new year showing up as a real gift. And so I'd like you to consider in your own mind's eye right now how it is that you'd like to show up as that, that fully wrapped, beautiful present. As you enter a room, what would you want people to say? Oh my God, beauty just entered the room. Oh my gosh, love just entered the room. Kindness just entered the room. Be thinking of, in your heart of hearts, how you would like to show up this year.
I'm going to close with just repeating a couple more lines from Gifts of My Altar. The love of all life, that is God's precious gift in reach of us all, seeing in each day the seeds of the morrow, finding in each struggle the strength of renewal, seeking in each person the face of my brother and sister. I place these gifts on my altar this Christmas, gifts that are mine, even as the years are mine. So I would like to individualize this moment, each of us representing that gift that we give to the world, whether it be a gift of joy, of peace, of love, of hope, of courage, something perhaps not even mentioned tonight might be what is burning in your heart to give to the world. And so I simply invite you when, when you have that idea in your mind to step forward and light a candle.
enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.